0: When clients first start working with me, I regularly hear this question, do I really need supplements? It's a reasonable question. The supplement industry in the US alone is valued at $151.9 billion as of 2021. And as with all things that yield great money and can cost great money, the big question is, does it have to be this way? Add on top of that the very common experience of taking supplements and still not getting better, and the skepticism increases. So on today's episode, we are going to discuss this very important question. Do you really need supplements? We're going to get to the root of the problem so that you can be wisest with your health, your wallet, and your ability to get better. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. So before we begin today's podcast episode, I wanted to point out to you guys two previous episodes we've had on the podcast that you may find interesting, particularly if you are curious why supplements don't seem to always work or why they haven't worked for you in the past. We have episode 72, why your iron and vitamin D are still low even after taking supplements, and episode 49, which is nine reasons why your supplements aren't working. We are, if you have questions on anything in that area, that would be a great, those two episodes would be great resources to check out as we will be focusing a little bit more on, you know, the topic for today, do you need supplements? And if so, why? And kind of how how the framework, how to think about supplements. But if you're really interested in why don't they work sometimes, that is a real reality. And those would be some great episodes to check out. So that's episode 72 and 49. And we will put the link in the show notes for you guys to check out there. But to just jump in on the topic of supplements... I'm going to be super honest when and straightforward and say the same thing that I tell my clients when they ask me this question, which is, yes, we do need supplements. Now, there's a wide variety of reasons we do need them, and we don't need them under every circumstance and occasion, and there's 100% reasons why supplements haven't worked in the past, and that's its whole other thing. But unfortunately, the truth is, is that we do need supplements the number one reason that we need supplements just to like off the bat is that our soil and our food is not the same that it used to be. And so even if we had food and soil or not even if we have we don't have the same food and soil that we had 100 years ago let alone you know thousands of years ago there's a couple key factors that you can do a lot more research and digging into and I'm not going to give tons and tons of science and data on this but basically the top layer of our soil Um, in our earth is what we grow our food on. There's a lot of (laughs) mass to the earth, but it's this top layer of soil that is what we actually are able to grow food on. And there's different measurements out there and and this could get into a whole loads of conspiracies but people who study topsoil whether that's agricultural scientists or biologists all these different um, forms of people and and researchers are finding that the top layer of our soil is having problems that there seems to be around 70% some, sometimes people say 60% sometimes people say more of that top soil has been damaged and that damage is from things like erosion which is worse in certain continents than others, such as Africa is particularly worse in that regard. But then also, and this is a worldwide thing, problems with the use of pesticides and herbicides. And the main reason for that is that uh, when we've used pesticides and herbicides, and most most, you know, farmers and countries and lands at this point have used an abundance of pesticides and herbicides to try and control the output of our our food, right? So that we don't get food crops that are being completely damaged by pests and um, other other damaging, um, so herbicides and pesticides, things that are weeds, um insects, things that are going to damage the product and then make the farmer lose money, maybe make that crop more expensive that year. We've used these to really control the output of our food. But what we haven't realized what we've been doing at the same time is destroying the soil because the soil itself is a part of the living process of food, actually getting the nutrients it's supposed to need. So this is not going to do it full justice but there an uh, understanding but there are fungal colonies in the soil that actually help break down nutrients and then bring nutrients towards the plants and make them more nutrient filled and so whenever you've we've used pesticides and herbicides, we end up killing these fungal colonies along with the other pests and herbs, um, pests or weeds, essentially, that we're trying to kill at the same time. And so this is something that I've dug in a little bit as far as understanding the nitty gritty on, but the general overwhelming uh consensus here is that the topsoil is very much damaged it's very different than what it used to be and so are the plants that we're growing they still look green they still look good some of that might be the Gmos the genetic genetic modifications we use to make them still apples still look red and plants still look green but but I mean, they still might look the same, but they really don't have the same level of nutrients that they used to have. And so yes, they do still have nutrients, but they don't have the same level. So that's kind of a, a, a beginning place when we're thinking about, you know, could I just use food to heal myself? Now, uh, the second thing that we're going to get into is actually more unique to the individual body that we're talking about. So like, Some people, you know, we have the whole like food is medicine movement, which there's a lot of truth to that, that we wanna be putting overall good food in our body and that we can see a correlation in the types of foods we eat, whether it's, you know, everything from macronutrients like fats proteins and carbs to micronutrients like minerals and vitamins, the type of food that we're putting into our body can really impact our overall day-to-day energy levels and ability to fight off illnesses, et cetera. But typically, if you're listening to this podcast and with the clients that I'm working with, and when we're really talking about very sick people, myself included, when I talk about my my former self, how sick I was on a uh, daily basis, particularly in the 2015 time period. Um, I was a nutrient depleted body. So we have nutrient depleted plants, which is one thing from just kind of the soils and GMOs and um, pesticides, herbicides. Uh, quick note, I also mentioned meant to mention this with the soil quality, it doesn't matter if you are getting organic food. Um, at this point, what they're finding is that because of just the mass destruction of the caused by herbicides and pesticides and glyphosate, that all soil has been massively impacted. And a field actually might currently be organic, but it might not have been in the past. And there's just all sorts of factors going on. And the fact that herbicides and pesticides can be picked up by rain and water. And um, so it's just, it's kind of in the system. Organic foods definitely better as far as fewer exposure or less exposure. To herbicides and pesticides and glyphosate and GMOs, etc. But it's not perfect, and the soil is impacted. So, yes, quick note: being eating organic food does not bypass the whole nutrient depleted uh, food problem. Then we have the nutrient depleted body, which is a whole other aspect. And on the podcast before, I have mentioned this paradigm of. When you're thinking of, hey, I've been dealing with symptoms for a long time, I definitely know I don't feel good, I feel sick, I you might have a couple diagnoses under your belt, everything from IBS to hypothyroidism to chronic pain or fibromyalgia, uh, you might not have any particular diagnoses, you just know, I just don't feel good. But if you've been feeling that way for a while, your body becomes depleted, and you have this analogy uh, that I like to use with my clients and on this podcast, of a house that caught caught on fire. So the fire is an initial event. Or initial cause of damage to the house. And it's very important to get the fire out. And some people really struggle with finding what's causing my fire. And they know that maybe for many years that there was a low-grade fire going on, just slowly burning this house down. But then on the other hand, sometimes people can get a surgery or take an antibiotic and um, know that with a certain amount of confidence that the fire event was dealt with. But what's not being dealt with, is particularly in the conventional health system is the fire damage. And so that is, you know, if you have a fire, you have damage to your walls and to your floors and there's smoke damage. And so you have to like to actually do fire damage repair, you're going to have to maybe put in new flooring, paint your walls, put in new um, electrical lines that maybe got melted. It, it, it all sorts of things need to be done to correct the fire damage. And that's a much longer process typically than just putting out the fire and it's a much more detailed process. It's a much more costly process, just thinking in terms of the actual metaphor um, of fire damage. So... And it's the, it's really the same with the body that there's the initial there's the initial event of the fire and for the human body that can be pathogens that can be toxins heavy metals it can be food sensitivities immune responses all sorts of stuff surgeries accidents so things that happen to us physically emotionally or biochemically all these things can impact uh, this state of the body. So you have a body that essentially becomes depleted of nutrients and that can be because it needed nutrients so heavily to do some repair from the fire and now it's kind of out. Or it can be that part of the damage of the fire. Again, sticking with this metaphor is that you're not absorbing nutrients as well. Um, There's all sorts of stuff. Or the fire itself just like literally burns up nutrients in the body, which we're using a metaphor, but this really does correlate. For example, magnesium gets burned up really quickly by a lot of inflammatory processes. Um, Or leaky gut is going to impact how well you can absorb certain nutrients in certain forms. It's also going to impact your ability to just simply digest um, and actually break down nutrients that you get exposed to in the form of supplements or in the form of food, either or. So we want to be really honest with ourselves about if we're asking the question, do I really need a supplement? Well, what are we coming to the table with? We're coming to the table with one, nutrient depleted food and two, typically a nutrient depleted body. If you don't have a nutrient depleted body, you probably do not having too many problems and you might not even be listening to this podcast just to keep that in mind. So that already puts us into a place where it's like, yes, you probably are already someone who needs and would benefit from a supplement. Now, the big um, thing I, I keep in mind or or want to caution is that you don't need every supplement under the sun and there could be some supplements or just like a bunch of supplements that are not going to give you the effect that you want. Just because it's a supplement doesn't mean it's going to, um, you know, it says it's B12, it'll give me energy. It doesn't mean that suddenly you're just really going to have energy because you took B12. It doesn't quite work that way, unfortunately. You really need to be knowing what am I particularly deficient in? Do I even have the ability to absorb that? For example, B12, you need stomach acid to absorb And stomach acid production, it might be currently being inhibited by a PPI you're taking or by H. pylori that you have or by a lack of zinc in your body. And so you're not making enough, right? So then you can take B12 and be like, well, it didn't work. I don't have energy. Well, it's either you didn't need it or you you're not absorbing it well enough because you need other support factors. And that's where working with a health professional comes in, because that person ideally is going to be able to say, hey, you have XYZ symptoms, let's do XYZ testing to figure out why you have those symptoms, and then we'll be able to not just be so random with Whatever measures you're going to take to try and feel better, that could be supplement related, lifestyle related, um, detoxing related, it could be all sorts of things. But uh, you want to be specific enough that you're not just wasting your time and wasting your money. Um, that's the big, you know, thing you want to why supplements can be kind of frustrating. And I think probably why the industry is so much larger than it needs to be. Um, I, I think that that $151.9 billion industry of supplements is probably hugely inflated by people just loving the idea of taking a pill and feeling better. And then also just doctors not knowing what else to do. They'll be like, oh, your vitamin D's low. Why don't you just take some of that? Or your iron's low. Why don't you take some of that? And then it's not really doing anything. I, in, Yes, that's going to be part of the billions of dollars being spent. And so are of the billions of dollars being spent on supplements, are we getting the full brunt of of possible benefit from it? Probably not. that being said, here's how you can think of supplements in a healthy way. When you're when you're thinking of taking supplements, they basically fall under two major categories. And with my clients, we're typically working with mainly the first category. And then the second category is on very case-to-case basis um, and can become more clear only once we've dealt with the first category. So, all right, got this, guys. Supplements, two main categories of uses. We have one which is temporary use. So most and a majority of supplements you ever take are going to fall into this category of temporary, or at least that is the goal that we have here at Better Belly Therapies. That is typically what we are putting our clients on. And temporary might vary from supplement to supplement and for its purposes. Some supplements we literally only use a month and that's it. Some supplements we more commonly are going to use closer to three months. Some supplements we are using more commonly closer to a year, but year is still really short compared to, um, the, the, for example, the age of the clients that we work with, like 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, um, if you're 50 years old and you're depleted of nutrients and you take a supplement for a year, like you're doing pretty good for being able to recuperate a bunch of that, of that nutrient so that you can have optimal health at age 50 or 30 or 40. Um, it's still only one thirtieth of your entire lifespan if you are 30 years old and you take a supplement for one year. So there is a little bit of um, mindset shift, but just knowing I am taking the right one is super helpful. So some examples of temporary supplements that we work with are melatonin. You know, a lot of our clients, they come in, 80% of the melatonin that we make in our body is made in the gut. So if there's gut damage and inflammation, they're not sleeping as well. And we just want them to sleep better so that they can heal. So we are temporarily going to recommend Taking melatonin, particularly if they their Dutch test, one of our functional lab tests, shows that they're low on it, it's going to say, hey, you are showing signs that you're low on this. If we give you a little, a little bit to support you temporarily, you'll start to sleep better, which will give you an, an upward spiral of healing rather than being stagnant. Um, so it's not a forever thing like, oh, you have insomnia, take this melatonin for the rest of your life. No, 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 no. Why do you have insomnia? That's the much bigger question and totally, totally addressable. Uh, stomach acids, another thing that we work with a lot temporarily. So people come in and they have low stomach acid, which is the number one cause of acid reflux. In fact, and so we need to supplement with stomach acid. Um, any supplements we use to get rid of pathogens, those are also going to be temporary, and so but they are going to be herbal pharmaceutical grade supplements. Uh, Since we are not working with antibiotics, if an antibiotic is needed or recommended, that's something that we discuss with our clients and then say, here's what you can tell your doctor if you want to go that route. But um, we are using, again, pharmaceutical grade herbal supplements for pathogens, and those have a set time period. So that's some examples of... Uh, temporary supplements we're going to be using to get a very specific result to get the body in an upward spiral so that the body itself can then support its own mechanisms and definitely not need to be on supplements the rest of its life. Uh, within this temporary category of supplements that we take, there's four main uses of or four main goals we're trying to hit with supplements. So number one is remove. We're trying to remove perhaps pathogens, which we just talked about. So H. pylori, candida, C. diff, um, mold. All these thing all these things are pathogens that are damaging. they the actual fire that's in the body. <laughs> they definitely need to be taken care of because if you do not remove remove them first, pretty much any other, like if you're trying to paint your wall and there's a fire going on at the same time, you're going to come back the next morning and be like, why do I need to paint my wall again? That's one of the problems that happens with supplements is that someone's taking something and they're not dealing with the root cause, the fu- the active fire in the house. And that again could be pathogens, food sensitivities, etc. So you really want to put out the fire first. So that's what this remove section is. Um, we remove toxins, we remove heavy metals. Some examples of this is we use something called zeolite to help remove copper out of the body. We use something called uh, DIM, that is methane and that helps get estrogen out of the body. Excess estrogen is a huge cause of PMS problems and uh, painful breasts and irritability and anger and all sorts of stuff. And it's very, very common whenever there is just general inflammation in the body, particularly with women, but also with men, there's a higher likelihood that estrogen will not be detoxed out of the body. So because the liver's burden. So we might use for a temporary period of time, something called DIM or methane. Really cool supplement. Um, but again, that's part of the removing um, category. We might use certain binders to help bind up uh, heavy metals or uh, biotoxins that are being squirted out by pathogens. And so what one of the temporary uh, goals that we have is to remove Uh, pathogens and toxins, and that's putting out the fire. Number two, what we try to do is repair... So repair the gut lining. Well, you definitely can't repair the gut lining until you've gotten rid of the SIBO or the C. diff or whatever it is that's in there. Um, You also want to get rid of food sensitivities for long enough that the body has time to repair the gut lining. But then you can also give yourself supplements to help give yourself essentially the building blocks to repair the gut lining. L-glutamine might be something, something that I've had several clients come to me already taking Um, And yet, you know, their gut lining didn't seem like it was improving that much. Usually, again, it's because they didn't get rid of the fire with whatever practitioner they're working with. Or maybe they are self-prescribing or self-recommending that L-glutamine, which is known or kind of it's marketed as, oh, this will help heal your gut lining, but you're not using it in the right way. And so that's kind of where you get with that Catch-22 of supplements. You really do need them. You just need to use them in the right way, in the right order, for the right reasons at the right time. Um, For liver, you can help repair it with things like alpha-lipoic acid, taurine, glutathione, and acetylcysteine. Um, You can help repair cell membranes by taking something called acetyl-L-carnitine, which helps assimilate fat. But again, we're not giving all of our supplements, or excuse me, all of our clients... All the same supplements it's really based off of what's the exact problems we're seeing what are the symptoms we're seeing and and what's what are the lab what's the lab testing actually saying we re which i'd say i actually don't need to we it's one of the smaller steps and uh it's something that i it's a pet peeve of mine um that it, we reinoculating having to do with taking probiotics and essentially getting your gut microbiome to be balanced again it is a very small step in many ways, in many regards, and often writes itself when you get rid of pathogens and you give yourself the right nutrients and you get rid of causes of inflammation like food sensitivities, and you um, are giving yourself the right nutrients to rebuild the gut lining. This often really balances itself itself out on its own. However, yes, we sometimes do occasionally use probiotics, spore biotics, things like that to advance and quicken the re-inoculation phase because that's one of the benefits of supplements is quickening the healing. There's some healing that maybe sure you could heal 100% on your own just using food and lifestyle, but will it take five years compared to one year? Will it take three years opposed to three months? If you can really focus on getting a high amount of nutrients back into the body and then getting that body able to, again, sustain its own health from there. And then the last goal that we're looking to to achieve in, when taking supplements temporarily is to rebalance the body. And typically, uh, this is going to be things like taking minerals that are massively either out of balance, out of whack, depleted, et cetera. Magnesium, potassium, and sodium are depleted on almost everybody that I work with. Calcium is too high or coming out of the bones. And so giving them MK7, which helps bring calcium back into the bones, is really relevant. Zinc is really depleted on many people. Um, iron, etc. But again, using these with the right pairings of other things so you get the maximum effect for, for the supplements that you are taking. So that's all temporary uses of supplements to get very specific results that actually work and actually are real results. And then you don't have to take them for forever. So do you need supplements? Yes. Uh, ideally, not for forever, which actually gets us to the second, the second category, which is under a few cases, there are are long-term reasons to be taking a supplement, but it should be relatively very few supplements, especially compared to the first category. Temporarily taking supplements, often uh, I recommend layering it as fast as possible to feel better as fast as possible. Um, and so there might be a bunch of supplements relative to the time period being taken. But then long-term supplements, ideally, it should be very specific um, supplements to that person that they know that they specifically need, um, and that it's usually going to be far fewer, a much smaller, you know, bite out of your wallet and bank account, and a much better, stronger effect for your health. And so, some examples of of long term uses: there's need, and then there's maintenance need. Usage for or, or examples of needing a supplement. There's two that I could think of. Um, one is I have a colleague who's another functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. His name's Brendan, and he struggled ever since middle school through college and his early professional career with depression, anxiety, and ADHD. And he's a really high-performing guy, you know, into sports and athleticism and all this stuff. And it was really frustrating to him that he would be struggling with depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Well, as he was studying and becoming an, uh, FDN or a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, he was doing testing on himself and he found out that he bis- basically chronically lacks dopamine. And he has signs that he doesn't use tyrosine very efficiently, which is a uh, amino acid that gets converted into dopamine, he doesn't convert it very efficiently into dopamine. So he takes extra su- tyrosine as a supplement to help with p- supporting making enough dopamine for his body, which then means he doesn't need to be on an antidepressant. He doesn't need to be on anything to help him focus with his ADHD. He doesn't need to be... He's not 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 on any... Um, pharmaceuticals as far as, like, medication, something that a psychiatrist might have to recommend. He's literally just supplementing with tyrosine. Uh, And that's something that he found was very specific to him. and, And in his mind, he says... This is a small price to pay, and this is a phenomenal place to be if I can be not depressed, not anxious, and, and really mitigate my ADHD problems if I just take tyrosine. That's a very small pill to swallow, literally. <laughs> um, I personally had a client with something similar going on, uh, also dealing with depression and a lot of PMS problems and fatigue. And she was having a problem where she just has very slow methylation, which is a basically a detox method of the liver. And she benefits from taking extra of a supplement called CME, which is a powerful methyl donor. I would not recommend, do not take this, do not self-recommend it for yourself. It could make you feel way worse. It's that powerful. But for her, she just... Chronically uh, benefits from taking this SAMe, and she's actually worked with her psychiatrist. She's a f- wonderful functional psychiatrist who to that has helped her actually find this perfect balance of exactly how much SAMe to be taking, pretty much for the rest of her life. And that's a huge win for her if she can just feel less depressed and have more energy and more focus. And another example that I thought of, which is more on a case-to-case basis, is I've had a couple clients who don't break down histamine as well, and so they're just predisposed so that even when they have everything working right in their body, if they have the wrong conditions that they're exposed to, they'll get a big histamine release, and they just know that if they take a supplement called DAO, that they helps their histamine get under control and they don't have a big histamine flare-up, which includes you know everything from skin problems to diarrhea to bloating, um, to even like kind of anxiety, mood stuff going on because histamine is so pervasive of a um, cause of all these things. And so I encourage my clients, this is a huge win. If you just know I need to take a DAO occasionally if I get exposed to XYZ conditions, that will cue a histamine release in my body. This is super doable. So those are more need bases of a long-term variety that is just unique to that person's biology. Typically gonna be something you're predisposed to, not because you have a pathogen and you still, or you're still haven't figured out the best foods to eat, et cetera. Um, The second thing which I had mentioned, so there's like need base, uh, need uh, usage for long-term supplements, and then there's maintenance. And maintenance is a little bit more um, uh, when you travel, you, most people tend to get more constipated. So here's some things you can do to help your constipation. Or I love taking liver supporting supplements on a, as a maintenance level thing where it's just like, I just know my liver is getting the nutrients it needs and detoxing better on a day-to-day basis. And my liver needs to detox on a day-to-day basis because I'm alive and because of the world we live in. And so, those are things that you can choose to take. Some people want to be more aggressive in their maintenance supplements. Some people don't care about it that much at all. Um, but in general, if you are wanting to take maintenance level supplements for your liver or for constipation problems, they will not work. That quality and quantity of supplements won't work to deal with, for example, constipation unless you have still dealt with the root cause of the problem. And so... That, again, kind of mixes into why supplements might get a bad rap or people might get frustrated. Do I really need to take supplements? Is this a hoax? (laughs) Um, Just do it in the right order and in the right way, and you'll actually get the results you need. And then when you do travel or something like that, you're not already dealing with chronic constipation. You're able to then take some very specific supplements and just support your body so that you don't get backed up when you're traveling. It's a really phenomenal system and that is something that I teach my clients how to do for those of them who um, are having problems with constipation when they travel. So I want to wrap up this episode by just reiterating some of the problems that there really are with supplements. Um, So number one is just incorrectly recommending or prescribing supplements. Uh, For example, again, check out episode 72, why your iron and vitamin D are still low even after taking supplements. Doctors commonly or conventional doctors commonly will look at your blood work and say, oh, your iron's low, take an iron pill. And then it doesn't go get up higher, even if you're taking it consistently. Well, there's a reason for that. And so I get into that on that episode. Um, And so incorrectly recommending and prescribing supplements basically just means like, I'm going to recommend something just because I see it as high or low on a on a lab test, but I'm not going to look into or think about other reasons why this might be high or low. And then episode 49 talks about nine reasons your supplements aren't working. So those two are going to be great for breaking down a little bit more of this whole problem of incorrectly recommending or prescribing supplements. Um, other problems that we can run into supplements when they're not working is their supplements are not supporting lifestyle or vice versa. So you can take supplements, but if you're eating McDonald's every day, as an extreme case example, it's not going to balance out in as as friendly of a way. But still um, I get clients who come in and they're taking supplements to try and support uh, their body, but they're doing things they don't realize are working against them, such as they're living in a house that has mold in it, things like that. So they're not actively like, you know, if if you know McDonald's isn't good for you and you're trying to get healthier, you might not be eating it but it's more of the invisible stuff you don't realize is harming you that then can make your supplements not as effective or at least definitely not look as effective. Um, another th- problem that I see is the what I call the spray and pray method, which is just like taking multivitamins or taking something because it says so or because you went to Costco and it they had CoQ10 on sale. You're like, great, okay, you can take it. But You can have multivitamins that harm you. Maybe they have unmethylated folate in them and you have an MTHFR mutated gene. Well, unmethylated folate is gonna clog up all of your folate receptors on your cells. And then it's going to, any methylated folate you take is gonna not be effective. And so um, there can be, if you have copper toxicity and you take a multivitamin with copper in it, or you have a calcium shell and you take a multivitamin that has calcium in it, these are all going to actually make you feel worse, and they're not going to help you. Uh, similarly, if again, if you just kind of see something, well, oh, this is really in or cool or CoQ10 supposed to give you energy, and you just take it, it's just not specific enough. So that's another reason that supplements can just get a bad rap. And then, as I already mentioned, but just to say it again, another common problem with supplements when they're not working is you you have not addressed the root cause of symptoms first and that's pathogens lifestyle food sensitivities toxin exposure and that's what working with a functional practitioner what the purpose of that is to identify for you specifically what do you have going on in your body what's the root cause of that addressing that root cause and then everything else just works so much more smoothly and you either don't need this supplement anymore or when you do take it you actually feel better or you feel its impact. Okay. Well, that is it for our supplement episode. I hope that was helpful. I hope that you feel encouraged and understand a little bit more why supplements are the way they are, that you don't feel as in the dark about why they don't work or what the purpose of them is, or if you're recommended them by someone, should you trust them? I mean, it's a little bit more with that question. Do you do trust the person to begin with? But yes, you can trust supplements. They do have a purpose. Um, You don't have to take supplements for the rest of your life. That is also so not um, the, the, the outcome of this episode, but really it's just a beautiful blend of a little bit of everything, eating good food, taking useful supplements for yourself and understanding what is your health goal and your health journey looking like at this moment and how can you support it the best way possible. If you had a question that came up during this podcast episode or you've been listening for a while and you, there's a topic that you've been wanting to hear on this podcast, I just want to invite you to go check out betterbellytherapies.com slash ask Allison you have the opportunity there to hit record and record a question and maybe get aired on the Better Belly podcast. I would love to be answering questions there. I sometimes get DMs of questions from people. And while I don't give any free advice on direct messages, I would love to share your question with other people so that they can hear the answer too. So you can leave your name and email, or you can ask it anonymously, but just go to betterbellytherapies.com slash ask Allison or click the link in the show notes and you'll be redirected there if you love this episode though we have so much more coming down the line so subscribe so you never miss a beat and if you thought of a friend as you were listening just want to encourage you to take a screenshot of this episode right now and send that friend that screenshot as a love note to their gut Uh, There's so many times that people talk to me and they say, oh, I know someone who needs you or needs this information. And so send that friend a love note to their gut and share this podcast along with them. Other ways that you can support this podcast is by leaving a rating and review. You can do so on Apple iTunes uh, podcast. We have a link in our show notes where you can just head straight to Apple iTunes and leave a review and start rating. I also know that more uh, more podcast players are starting to integrate reviews such as spotify so i would love it if we uh, to see who's listening on spotify what you guys think of this podcast and every time you leave a rating and review, it helps other people like you to find this podcast and all its gut love and goodness other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on instagram at better belly therapies i love connecting with our listeners there and it means so much if you drop by and said hi And as a reminder, our motto, miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. Catch you guys next week.